1: Born into freedom. Born into liberty. Born into battle. Next on Times of Refreshing. We look at our new lives in Christ and we tend to think that everything is going to be peachy from here on out. That was the missing piece to the puzzle for the rest of my life. What we fail to realize is we have been thrust into a battle, a war that is waged daily on our lives, on our souls, our spirits. It is a war that we need to be successful at if we are to survive and thrive. That is the focus as we explore 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 11 and 12. Join us for times of refreshing. Here's our teacher and pastor now, Pastor Napoleon Kaufman.
2: It's amazing how God, um, basically, from a spiritual standpoint, when you get saved, he enlists you in a war. Okay. And I talk about this, and I've been talking about it for, for years. You know, one of the things that happens for a lot of people is they don't know how, or in some cases, don't even want to fight back. We have an adversary, okay? Jesus has given us power to overcome not only our flesh, but the world and its systems and the devil. And our job is to understand how to fight the good fight. We talked about walking in the flesh last week. And you can't win this battle in the flesh. Can I have an Amen, y'all? It is a spiritual battle. And the way in which we win is we've got to learn how to fight the right way. Okay? We have to be strategic. We have to understand the the boundaries that God has established for victory. For us, and we just got through praising God about this and shouting and it's a blessing when i when I go to preach a message, and uh, you know obviously, I haven't talked to Tony and all those guys about the about the uh, song selection, and then the song selection just flows right into what I'm getting ready to preach on, so it's a blessing. you know the Holy Ghost is moving First Timothy chapter six. Verse 11 and 12. Look at this. Because he gives us some insight into this right here. He says, but you, O man of God, flee these things, he says, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. And then he says this, fight the good fight of what? He says, lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. He says, fight the good fight of faith. But before that, he says here in verse 11, he says, but you, O man of God, flee these things. He he says, and pursue righteousness. Somebody say righteousness. Our job is to pursue righteousness in our lives. Righteousness has been bestowed upon us. If we we repent of our sins, we give our life to Christ, God declares us righteousness, but then he begins to work righteousness out on our lives from an experiential standpoint. You can be declared something, but now I want to experience this in my day-to-day life. I want people to see righteousness. So he says, now pursue it. And everything I do, I want to pursue righteousness. Is that right? Is that the thing that God would do? Is this the right way of doing things? So I want to pursue righteousness. It's something that I have to go after in my life. I can't just be positionally right, but not experientially right. I want to be in position right through faith in Christ, repentance of my sins, and And his sacrifice on the cross. Now, God, I want to experience this in my heart and in my life and how I live and how I see things. So I am righteous in the sight of God. So I live righteously. I got to pursue it. God help me to get this in my life more. He said godliness. Godliness. Godlikeness. I want to start acting like the Lord. Can I have an amen, y'all? If I am a child of God, I want to start acting like the Lord. I want godliness to be seen in my life. Well, this is something that I have to pursue because I'm used to acting like the devil. Come on, y'all. Y'all ain't been saved our whole life. So you did the things that the devil would do. So you get saved and now you start doing the things that Christ would do. You start taking on his nature. And so godliness now, I got to pursue this. I want to start doing what Jesus do, would do. You know, we used to weld those little things around your wrist. What would Jesus do? It's amazing how people would wear them here, but they didn't wear it here. Well, I'm, I'm going to stay out of that. I'm gonna, let me get out of that. So, so what Jesus would do, you do. This is what happens. God starts to give us. He wants us to pursue godliness. I want to do what God would do. God, what would you do in this situation? How would you talk to your wife? How would you talk to your, raise your kids? How would you do this? How do I work on my job? No, I can't leave early or show up, leave early and and then show up late. Would you do that, Lord? That's not godliness. He says here, he says faith. He says love. He says patience. He says, gentleness, I want to pursue these things, okay? This is part of how you win. But then he gets to the big part. He says here, he says, fight the good fight of what? Faith. Your faith, faith is tied to the word trust. It means to trust, okay? Okay? If I'm going to fight, i got to know how to fight. I'm in a good position. I've got godliness, righteousness. I've got faith, love, patience, gentleness working in my life. But then i got to learn how to fight this fight of faith. He says, fight the good fight of faith. That means that I have to fight to continue to trust God. To trust God. Your faith is tied to the word trust. So that means I've got to trust God. When my circumstances look contrary to what God has shown me, what I believe, what I know, and, and it looks bad, it doesn't mean that it's bad. If I keep my eyes on God who has the, in a moment, he can change any situation. But I have to make sure that I stay in this place of trust and the devil's going to whisper in my ear. All forms of doubt, unbelief, fear. He's going to project upon you um, worry and doubt. He wants to get you confused. He wants you to start getting to a place of desperation where now you lose your spiritual equilibrium and you make bad decisions because of pressure. Does anybody know what I'm talking about in here? And so what happens is I have to get to a place where I understand the fight is I got to keep trusting God. Now, God may ask me to make some adjustments. He may ask me to make some decisions. He may ask me, trusting God doesn't mean I just sit there and do nothing if God is asking me to do something. And oftentimes when he's saying to trust him or have faith, it means that sometimes God is going to ask you to make certain steps that initially feel uncomfortable. But you choose to do them. Why? Because I trust you. Because I trust you. When God asked me to walk away from playing in the NFL, it was, I wasn't, Whoa! praise the Lord. I wasn't shouting like that. I was like, "Whoa, my goodness. Okay, okay, are you sure? Give me like 25 confirmations and then... You know, you go through this process in your mind where you're trying to, man, this is, this is crazy. This is, I can't believe I'm about to do this, you know. And God is asking you to do something. He's asking you to trust in him. He's asking you to trust. And for us, we have to see that our faith is tied to trusting. I have to get to a place in my life where I'm willing to say, God, I trust you. Trusting God doesn't mean you understand everything. He asks you to take a step. You don't understand it all. But on the other side of your step, God brings revelation. He discloses more of who he is to you. Abraham had to trust him. You look at the life of Moses. He had to trust him. Joshua had to trust him. Joseph had to trust him. Life, if you're going to walk with God, you have to trust him. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. So it's important that we all learn that this is built into the relationship. We're going to have to trust him. And when you trust him, you're winning. You're winning the fight. The devil wants you to doubt him. Get discouraged. Give up. And then when it comes to your life, get to a place where you start to control your life. Not realizing that it's not really you. It's the devil prompting you to do what he wants you to do. But we learn how to rest in God. To trust in God. This word faith is also tied to the word conviction. You have a strong conviction within your heart. This is is how you win. What God says to you becomes so real. And it becomes so clear in your heart. That no one can, can, can convince you any other way. You have been convinced convinced you have a strong conviction about this is what God is saying God Jesus Christ is real he rose from the dead I don't care what anybody says no one could ever convince me that that's not true you have a strong conviction in your heart when it comes to God when it comes to the word of God you have a strong conviction this is how you win when the Jehovah's Witnesses, different religions come on your door, come talk, knocking on your door, you're not you're not confused. Can I have an amen? You're not confused. You're not, you're not doubting it. Oh, wait, wait, wait a minute, Joseph Smith. This was no, no, no. I don't care about Joseph. I care about Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen? What happens is you get to a place in your life where it doesn't Muhammad, Buddha. Well, hey, if y'all want to worship them, that's between y'all. But I know Jesus, though. And I know a lot about him. And so what happens is we get to a place where you get so convicted. I, I want to say convinced and convicted at the same time. I just made up a word, but y'all know. Y'all know what I mean. <laughs> but, this is, <laughs> but this is what happens. And then and, and now it, you're settled. You're in a good place because you trust God. And then you have a strong conviction concerning his words and who he is. And no one can persuade. Well, you win when you do that. That's the good fight. That's the fight that the Lord is looking for. He's looking for us to be in a position where no one can persuade you. In a different way concerning who he is and what he said. No one can convince you that there's another way to the father. And so for us, we have to get to this place in our lives where we learn how to fight that fight. We trust God. We win. We have a strong conviction concerning who he is and what he said. Then we really start winning. This word here, faith, is also tied... To the word persuasion. Or persuaded. You've been persuaded. Now God has fully convinced you. From a mental and a heart standpoint. He's convinced you. And has persuaded you. Now it starts to make sense. I'm persuaded. Oh I get it. I'm persuaded. Persuasion. He's won you fully over. And so for us it's important too. That we. Christianity is not without. The thinking process. There's reason that's also mixed into this. People, when you look at Luke and you look at Apostle Paul, these were educated people. They were skillful people. They had great understanding. They were able to reason through things and come to the conclusion that Jesus is who he is. There's nothing wrong. God wants us to use our minds. They just need to be renewed. But he doesn't, he's not against knowledge and wisdom and science and all these other things. But are we using them in conjunction with the Spirit of God's influence and then allowing our minds to be fully persuaded? You can't convince me. I've been fully persuaded. And when we get to that place, now we're in a position where we're we're enjoying our faith walk even more. Now, persuasion, sometimes persuasion concerning certain things when it comes to the gospel and and Christian life, some things come progressively. Like, I didn't understand that now, but I understand. I didn't understand that then, but I understand it now. Now it makes sense to me. Now I get it. Now I get it. And I think it's important that we understand our journey with God is... He be- persuades us concerning certain things over a period of time as you journey with him. God starts to show you stuff. And you say, oh, wow, I can trust God in that, can I? Oh, okay, that's the dynamic between a husband and a wife. Oh, that's how you do okay, it. Okay, that's how you do it raising kids. Okay, I get it now. Because I used to just grab the... So now God told me this is how I'm supposed to do it. Can I have an amen? Come on, y'all. Now that's how you do it. Okay, got it. Okay, I'm convinced. And then for some people, they're persuaded. They love God, but they they haven't been, been persuaded in certain areas. And what happens is now watch this, y'all. What happens is there's a fight that goes on within your heart and mind, and you have to allow. You have to win that battle. You have to win that battle. Wait a minute. The way I was doing it was wrong. That's okay. I'm going to start doing it right now. You know, listen, yelling at your kids isn't going to solve every problem. You may have been raised that way and you may think it worked, but it's going in one ear and out the other. Sometimes God says, okay, use a different strategy and then trust me in this. Have faith and watch what I do. And then you do it, and voila. You don't have to yell. And so, what happens is, and, and the people have learned this, sometimes in relationships, people learn. If I'm gonna get my way, I gotta yell and fall out like I used to do when I was three years old, my mama didn't give me the toy when I was in a grocery store. And then they bring that into the marriage. <laughs> you have to be persuaded. And God has to show you that that's not how you always get your way. Can I have an amen, y'all? And so what happens is we win when we get to a place where we allow God to fully persuade us in in all things concerning life and godliness and righteousness. And then God starts to move in our lives. And then the devil doesn't know what to do. He starts to lose his grip on you. The last thing here that I wrote concerning faith is that. Faith also places you in a position of rest. Faith is tied to rest. When you have faith, it helps to dispel worry. And the stress component that's tied to us worrying about things. You get to a place where you just rest within it. I'm not talking about just external rest. Because what the problem that a lot of people have is they think rest means that it's just my body. You can rest your body and not rest your soul. You can be resting in your bed and be thinking about all kinds of stuff that you got going on and still be stressed out while you're just chilling in the bed. Your body may be getting some rest. And in some cases, what, what may need to happen is you need to get your body going. Right. And then learn how to rest internally, how God teaches you this internal rest. There's a peace and a confidence and a faith that you have in God that where you've cast all your care upon him for he cares for you. And what happens is now I'm just in a position of rest. It doesn't mean that I don't care. It's just I'm not allowing care to consume me to the place where it's driving me to worry and stress and doubt and unbelief and fear and insecurity. Can I have an amen, y'all? And now so what happens is now I'm in a position where I have faith in God. I'm resting in God. I trust in God. I'm going to rest here and see. And in some cases, and sometimes you need people to come alongside you to help you. In this position of rest. Aaron and her were there for Moses to lift up his hands. He couldn't carry it all by himself. He needed somebody else to do that. And what happened? They're there and they're waiting on God. Boom, God comes through. And for us, it's important that we also have people around us that are filled with faith. Because those individuals will help us to tap also into some rest. If they're filled with faith. So now you're not carrying it by yourself. I got some people there that are with me, helping me to carry it. And we're going to get this thing done. And now we're bearing the burden and I'm not falling out at night. God teaches us how to rest. We think that stress means that I care. This is what I just said. We think that stress means that I care. You must not care. Why? Because you're not flipping out, falling out. You're not you're not you're not worrying and stressed about it. You you must not care. No, I care, but I I cast my cares upon the Lord and he's helping me to bear this and I got people. Can I have an amen that are helping me to bear this also? And so I'm not flipping out like you. If you want to flip out, flip out. But I'm about to chill and eat these Doritos and have a good time watching Don't eat Doritos. Don't eat Doritos. Don't eat Doritos. <laughs> Look at my wife. She over there shaking her head like. Don't eat Doritos. But I like Doritos. Man. I just don't eat a lot. you know? But anyway, so, so what happens is, is this. <laughs> what happens is, is this, y'all. We have to get to a place where we understand that stressing and worrying doesn't mean that you care. It could be a sign that you're afraid and you're in doubt and you don't trust God. Okay, so faith is also tied to rest. So faith, I trust God. I have a strong conviction concerning who God is and his words. I have been fully persuaded. My mind is involved in this. I, am, I know what I'm. why I believe. And then now I'm in a position where my faith has given me a place of rest. That there's an internal peace that I have knowing that God, he's going to see me through every situation. Or he's just going to walk with me. I need God just to walk with me through life. And have faith that he's going to. Not just when I have trouble. I need faith. I walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. My whole life should be filled with faith. And now it's a position of rest. Now, faith can be very contagious. Faith rubs off on people. When people see you filled with faith, it causes them to want that faith and inspires faith within them. The same way that fear rubs off on people unbelief can rub up on people we want to be a people that constantly when people get around us that they sense that rest that quiet confidence of faith that we have and this is important because that's how you when you're rest you're winning that's how we win the fight the good fight this is the good fight when we get to a place where we learn how to just rest we're gonna be okay let's just see what god does through this can i have an amen y'all Now let's take it a step further. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 1 and we're going to look at verses 18 to 20. This is very important. Because the Apostle Paul, he adds more to this and it's good. It says here in verse verse 18, it says... This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage a good what? Warfare. Having faith and what? A good conscience, which some have rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck. Of whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander, of whom I deliver to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Okay, so he says this in verse 18. And he brings, us this whole, brings up this whole concept of fighting, warfare, with your faith. And he says here in verse 18, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage it the good warfare.
1: A production of the Well Christian Community. This has been Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ, has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. Now, there are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course, the easiest, 925-292-7800. Again, you can reach us at 925-292-7800. You're also welcome to write to us, address your envelope to the Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California, the zip code 94551. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can also follow Pastor Napoleon, by the way, on Twitter,